This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Kale may be a modern health craze, but it is actually one of the oldest forms of cabbage, dating back over 2,000 years. You can learn all about this king of leafy greens and more by downloading the Specialty Produce app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. Stay hungry, friends. Download today on Apple or Android and start exploring. Hi there, and welcome to the Living Local with Edible San Diego podcast. My name is Katie Stokes, and as publisher of Edible San Diego, I wanted to welcome you to a new and important conversation. San Diego County really is a global crossroads, and when you think about it, it's true all the way down to even our very own bodies. In this podcast, we're going to take this concept of we are what we eat, and we're going to unpack it together. We're going to look at what local is how it works, why it matters. My goal is to create a conversation which is inclusive, dynamic, and one that enriches our everyday life. So I wanted to welcome you to this new conversation, Living Local with Edible San Diego, and to thank Specialty Produce for producing this podcast. Everybody. This is Katie Stokes with Edible San Diego and the Living Local Podcast. I am so excited to be sitting here with Chef Alin Silliman, who runs the Neat Underground, a pop-up dinner experience at the Red House Kitchen in Imperial Beach. Chef Alin, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I had the pleasure of, of meeting the chef at a pop-up dinner this summer that Stephanie Norton and her husband invited me and my husband to. And as I was just sharing with her, it was truly a meal to remember the, the creativity and the the complexity of each of the dishes that, that were prepared and, and presented so beautifully. I It was really, truly memorable, and I, I was so excited to, to have you come in and talk with us today. So we're going to have a good time. Awesome. The only way it could be better was if we were eating, but, you know, maybe we can sure. figure that out for the next time. All right. So to start, um, Jeff, uh, tell us about um, your philosophy of cooking. Uh, food to me, Katie, is not about following recipes or rules. It's really just about taking the ingredients that I have on hand and creating something delicious out of it. Um, wow. Yeah. That's so, that's so exciting. It's, it's creative, right? We, we can maybe start with whatever ingredients we can get our hands on and, and kind of go from there, right? Definitely. For me, it helps if there's butter and salt involved. I, I love that. It's, uh, it's um, you know, not everyone can have, you know, a lot of both of those, but I, I know they sure make food taste delicious. And um, I, um, I I got this feeling when, when we were enjoying your meal um, earlier this year that the, uh, the, the, the choices of dishes that you prepare seem to have that kind of theme of being comfort food, of, of feeling homemade, although few of us could make the kind of spectacular dishes that you make it, you know, for people to enjoy. But tell us some more, a little bit more about, about your particular approach to, to cooking with ingredients. I like to use a lot of local organic produce, mm-hmm. um, but really my 
sort of theme for Neat Underground is hearty, rustic, down-home. Um, we have a little bit of a New England approach to food as well. So I try to take some of the inspiration from food that I ate growing up as a kid, um, all of the sort of New York and other sort of uh, northeastern states where I traveled a lot when I was younger, mm-hmm. and all of those favorite dishes and combine them into something unique that you don't get in San Diego very much. Um, I'm a self-taught chef. So I just think of myself as a home cook uh, chasing a dream. Wow, that is so cool. And and it, it sounds so relatable and, and you make it sound easy, but I, I can assure our listeners that the the the, the artistry or the technique of, of the way that, that you guys prepare food it has a lot of skill and experience <laughs> behind it and, and vision. And I do want to talk uh, more about that. But before we do, um, tell us a little bit about the name Neat Underground for your pop-up dinner. Sure. When I started Neat Underground uh, about four years ago, um, we paired with cocktails. And so the word neat ah. originated there. But when we moved into the Red House Kitchen and started doing a, a semi-regular restaurant, um, everyone really loved the name. So when we were toying with the idea of changing it, it just sort of stuck. And so most of the locals in Imperial Beach that frequent the underground uh, call it the underground. I so, love it. Yeah. It makes it seem special to know about it, right? You know, Definitely. like you've got the inside scoop and, and all of that. And um, and, and the Red House Kitchen, I, I was really, uh, you know, glad to to learn where that was. I'd heard about it there in Imperial Beach. But tell us just a little bit more about Imperial Beach and your connections there. Yeah, so I met Bethany Case, the owner of Red House Kitchen, through uh, my niece. Uh, her son and my niece go to school together mm-hmm. um, in Imperial Beach. And so we've known each other for a few years through events. Mm-hmm. And I ran into Bethany at uh, a Christmas event one about a year ago. And she was looking to use the space outside of the Red House Kitchen hours for something different. Wow. Yeah, so they're open as a coffee breakfast lunch venue. Mm-hmm. Um, they serve Ryan's Brothers coffee, and they have some great dishes as well. Um, and it's a similar theme, so they're more of a rustic mm-hmm. approach to food. And it just worked out with the times for us to serve dinner. So we came together and ended up doing wow. the underground. I love that. It's a you know, it's a partnership that where you as a businesswoman are in, in partnership with Bethany. And um, for me, you know, it was really great. We we went, I forget the day of the week, but it was in the evening and we were in the, that patio area in the back, the enclosed area. And it just, it really felt like a, kind of like a, you know, a, almost like a secret place, you know, yeah. and, and, um, but the, the, the vibe with all the, the different people there was such fun. It was a really interesting mix of people. And I think that's one of the exciting things that a family-style pop-up meal experience offers, right? Yeah, definitely. Meeting new people that you wouldn't typically meet when you go out for dinner. Right, yeah. right. Do you, get a lot of, um, do you get a lot of repeat customers? Or is it what, what's the mix between repeat customers and new folks coming to the underground? We do. I would say about 80% of our clientele are repeat customers, locals wow. who – have been wanting Imperial Beach. Imperial Beach is changing a lot. They have a lot of uh, hmm. new stuff going on, um, but they don't have many options for uh, a slightly more formal dining experience than quick food. Um, and then the ones that they do have are down by the beach. So we're a little uh-huh. bit off the beaten path. Right. And so, yeah, most of our customers come back that are live in the neighborhood, and it's it's been great to have the support of the community. Wow. And it, you know, it's not that far away for people. You know, some some folks from different parts of San Diego County might not 
have been to Imperial Beach recently or gone there maybe for, for a dinner idea. Maybe we go there for the beach or something. But I want to encourage all of our listeners to to check it out. We've done some uh, some staycation stories about Imperial Beach, and, and uh, there's, there's a lot to do there. But what you all are doing adds a whole other dimension to it, and I think it's just a really neat creative business partnership like what we were saying. Thank you. And, you know— as we were talking earlier about about our conversation today and our approach to it, I, I was really touched by a story you told me about your your grandpa and and his response to some early experimenting you did as a as a young cook. I think you were in your teens. So tell us that story, Ellen. Yeah. So I had my first apartment when I was seventeen and couldn't wait to start hosting dinner parties. I have always loved uh, creating food, bringing people around a table. And I had my whole family there. We, um, I created a, a large meal based around this beautiful pork loin. And I remember going to the store and picking out all the perfect herbs and spices, hand grinding them at home and serving this meal in front of my grandpa and my grandpa saying to me, why are there sticks and dirt on this meat? <laughs> I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My family are definitely down home people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But you know, it's like the uh, those sticks are you know the carefully chosen herbs that give that unique flavor to the you know to the meal and and uh, um, did he like the way it tasted? He did. He did. He Definitely. was was he messing with you a little bit? There? A little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. But, yeah. You know, sometimes we have to you know as as cooks or eaters we we might step outside our comfort zone and try something new and I I know I've done that many times cooked something and shared it with people and and you know it was new to them or a, a different way of enjoying something and that's part of the creative aspect of of cooking and actually actually also just being alive right Absolutely. trying new stuff yeah yeah it's it's um i just i just love that story and uh so okay so thinking about your trajectory as as a chef and as a as a, a business person um you 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 were Early interested in in cooking and being creative and and you know um, bringing people together to break bread together around delicious food and um, help us fill in the gaps a little bit more in terms of of how it came to be that you started uh, cooking professionally. Definitely, I was in sales most of my life. I never really followed a, a career path to cooking. Um, it was just a passion of mine and. Uh, I moved to San Diego 18 years ago and continued having dinner parties, any excuse to throw a party and, mm-hmm. and cook and prepare drinks for people. And uh, I was out to dinner with a friend of mine, uh, Susan, who was a, a big foodie, and uh, she had brought me this article about these secret dinner clubs that were meeting all over New York and mm. specifically in Brooklyn. And it just sounded so cool. And she's like, you have to do this. And I thought she was crazy. Right. And uh, nobody's going to come and pay for my food. I'm just a home cook. And uh, she hounded me repeatedly. You got to do this. You got to do this. Wow. And so finally, I built two farmhouse tables in my tiny little driveway in <laughs> normal heights. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And uh, created a menu, found a cool garden patio venue uh, to throw the dinner, and uh, started inviting people. And it filled instantly. And that's sort of where Neat Underground was born. Um, it was very wow. exciting. Yeah, we did it once a month at first, mm-hmm. and uh, it just sort of grew from there. I was still afraid to do it full time, mm-hmm. um, and we did it for about a year, just about once a month. And then um, 
my friend Susan very unexpectedly passed away. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those life's very short moments for me. And I decided to go for it. And so I quit my full-time job and started doing it all the time. The underground became a full-time thing. I developed a following and yeah, the rest is history. Wow. That is such a a special story. I'm sorry about, about the loss with your friend and what a, what an awesome legacy she leaves, you know, really that, you know, how, how lucky we are when we have people in our lives who can urge us forward and and they're seeing something in our abilities or our potential that we might not see or be ready to embrace fully. And, and, uh, but you took that leap and, you know, quitting that day job and going for it. And then things were booking full all all at once. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was an exciting time for sure. Oh my goodness. It's just, it's really, it's really inspiring. And, you know, there's so much changing in the world of food today. There was a, a story in the um, New York Times that I came across yesterday talking about eight ways that uh, that restaurants, you know, are facing a, a, a different world um, over the last decade. It's a really interesting story, and a lot of it is also true for food media as well as as restaurants, and and for all of us as eaters as as, as well. But um, what what insights would you share with people who are either already in the food industry or who are thinking about becoming a chef or, or doing something food related? I tell everyone I wake up every day now and I'm so excited to go to work and I probably work more hours now than I ever have in the past. <laughs> it's, it's nonstop and you know, it's a, it's a, more than full-time job, yeah. but I love it every single day. Mm-hmm. And every time in that I'm in that kitchen, I'm inspired and excited and happy. And so I would encourage people, if you're thinking about being in the food industry, you want to do something in food to go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's this quote that I love. It's from a children's movie. It's uh, anyone can cook, but only the fearless can be great. Oh. And I think of that all of the time. Um, I think a lot of people and I didn't pursue a food career because I was just afraid of all of the restaurants that I saw failing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd say go for it. Yeah, that's that's really inspiring. And you're right. There, you know, if, if one... One's approach is is looking at all of the the challenges and the 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 things that aren't working. Then there would never, maybe, ever be a reason to to develop a new business or a new um, line of work. But uh, you know, even with with all that's happening today, I mean, I always say San Diego County is a crossroads of of the whole planet in terms of the way that our our food system has food from all over the world. We have people from all over the world. Our, our, the transportation network that that makes our lifestyle possible means bringing water from afar, and you know um, all of that. So I, you know, I, I think that at any point in time, we're all connected in so many different ways, and sometimes those those factors make it challenging for us as business people, you know. And in the world of media, we have our own set of of, set of challenges, just like in the restaurant business, for example, but. I agree with you that there are some things that are important enough to go for it, you know? Yeah, And definitely. Uh, they're worth the work. They're, they're worth working more than whatever the 40 hours might be in, a, in a, you know, an office job because, because the time doesn't matter as much maybe as, as the, the purpose, you know, or the meaning that we get from it. And, you know, it has to be a business too, certainly. But I, 
I, you know, knowing more about you now as I do, I, I, I understand more about how delicious and meaningful the food was that we ate that summer. And I'm going to come back to one of your, one of your dinners very soon. I promise. Thank you. And in the meantime, though, since our podcast and, and Edible San Diego is all about, about sourcing local and, and learning more about where our food comes from and, and who makes that possible. Tell us just a little bit about where you get some of the food for um, your, your restaurant and why that's important and how it works. Definitely. We get a lot of the food for Neat Underground from Dickinson Farm mm-hmm. um, in National City. Um, I love what Stephanie and Mike are doing there at the farm with organic heirloom produce. They're using a lot of the oldest seeds in the world, um, which is awesome because there's no traces of GMOs. Um, they really focus on food as medicine, um, and I do try really hard to stay with what's in season locally in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I'm from a small farming town in western New York. And when I was growing up, there were all these farms uh, everywhere, just dozens of, you know, local farms. All the people that I went to high school with, they were farm kids. Hmm. And so I think... Working with local farms is nostalgic for me because I remember a time when all these local farms were all that there were. Now, when I go to New York, you know, there's a big multi-thousand cow milk farm that moved into town, and most of those small farms have closed. Hmm. And I'm from the Finger Lakes, so driving through down Seneca Lake and seeing all the farms closed, the empty silos, it's heartbreaking how many people are now out of business and all those years of, of work and their whole lives put into oh. these farms. So for me, it's nostalgic and it's a tribute to, you know, all of those farms and helping to keep my restaurant about local produce mm-hmm. and making a, making a <clears throat> difference with, yeah. with what, what is it within our respective power as a, as a business or as a, as an eater. Do you find Alin that, that the people who come to to eat at Need Underground had known much about local sourcing, or is it? Uh, tell us a little bit about that because I'm thinking of their experience as they're savoring these just awesome, um, tasty, you know, satisfying, gorgeous dishes. Um, do, do, do they connect with the idea that, that you source locally? I think it's a mix. I think some people, particularly those that have been in Imperial Beach for a long time and know how much farming there is in South San Diego County, mm-hmm. um, they really do make that connection when we talk to them. Uh, there's one dish on my menu in particular, our neat bread and butter. Mm-hmm. And it, it's um, inspired by Stephanie, who came to one of my dinner parties sometime a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And I had served... Butter, just this old school bread and butter, Mm -hmm. and it had an assortment of herbs and spices on it. And she said, you need to put Dickinson Farm herbs on this. And so we do. And it's a regular dish on our menu. And to tell people, this is sourced right here in National City. Um, But then there's a lot of people who don't realize how much agriculture is happening right in their backyard. Mm -hmm. Um, Young families, uh, military families who have bought homes in Imperial Beach and they have no idea how many farms are right here in San Diego yeah. and um, where they can go to purchase produce mm-hmm. locally. And so it's an interesting mix, but it's nice to yeah. have those conversations 
um, what we do is unique in that I'm able to talk to my diners about what they're eating. And so sharing with them, this came from right here. They really love that experience. Yeah. That's so meaningful because then you literally get to enjoy it and marvel at the colors and the flavors. And, and uh, I, I was lucky because Stephanie and Mike were there. They invited us to that, that dinner that I'd mentioned a few times. And, and uh, so it was very special for me as I know them that, that they were the farmers that raised, you know, grew some of the, of the elements that were in the meal. But for other folks who might not think about that all day like I do, um, you know, it, it might be, wow, like, you know, <clears throat> This is the, the farmer who helped, you know, produce these herbs or this um, caught this fish or whatever the case may be. And I, I'm just very excited to know um, that you're talking with your diners about about how important sourcing is and and the way it, it connects all of us together in a kind of a regional community here in San Diego County. So Thank you. That's really that's really neat. And <clears throat> I want to make sure to allow time for you to tell people. Exactly where they can find out more information um, and so they can come enjoy your food? Definitely. And the Underground is at Red House Kitchen in Imperial Beach, 775 13th Street. Okay. We are open Thursday through Sunday, 5 to 9 p.m. We do not take reservations, but it's walk-in only, so we welcome okay. anyone to come check it That's out. Wonderful. Our website is neatunderground.com. Okay. So if folks want to come, then they just pretty much come to Red House Kitchen between 5 and 9, nine and uh, they'll have an amazing <clears throat> dinner. And uh, um, and there, there's enough room there for folks to come in a group, right? I, about how many people does it sit, Ballpark? 30. 30? Oh, yeah, that's great. Good. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I, I can assure our listeners out there that you're going to be really glad once you've checked out the amazing food that's available um, at Neat Underground. It's a great ambiance. It's a fun kind of a destination. It's a neat area to go when you can walk around a little bit before or after dinner there in Imperial Beach. And I just, um, Alain, I just really want to say how much fun it's been talking with you about these things. And I look forward to staying connected. We, you know, our, our missions align in, in terms of celebrating the importance of sourcing locally and, and all these amazing hardworking people that are putting in the extra hours like you are and like I am and the Edible San Diego team, you know, doing the good work. Thank you, Katie. You bet. It's, it's been great. And speaking of, uh, of uh, growing things, I want to switch gears here for just a minute, everybody, and share a uh, gardening tip. It's something I like to do on each episode of the podcast, and it dovetails so well with the the, the fun and meaningful process of getting to know some of the people that grow our food locally. If you go to a, a local farmer's market and, and get to know some of the farmers like Stephanie and Mike and others and, and restaurateurs like Alain who, who use their, their produce to cook delicious food. But anyway, I wanted to talk briefly about gardening today. So <clears throat> you might say that it's too much work or I don't have time or I don't want to ruin my manicure. You might also say, I don't have anywhere to grow anything. I, hello, I live in an apartment in the city. Um, <clears throat> you also might say, I kill every plant I touch, or I haven't the slightest idea how. All of these are valid responses, so I, I really want to be real about this. But still here at Edible San Diego, we are all about eating locally, eating seasonally in the healthiest way possible. As to as to why this is true, there are a thousand reasons, and I, I do invite you to check out our website for tons of content and resources about why it's important to eat locally and, and in season. But for now, let's be practical. At the very simplest, your garden can consist of something like sprouts on your countertop 
or on your windowsill. It can mean one single terracotta pot on your balcony or outside your kitchen door. If you do have some access to some dirt, you can start with a very, very small plot or even just one plant. I also wanted to invite you to look into resources around where you live that include a community or a school garden where you can get involved. These kinds of gardens offer the wonderful benefits of community as you work with, get to know, and share with other people about gardening. However it is that you might try it, I just want to encourage you to give it a go. I really want you to experience for yourself the thrill of tasting that tomato, that basil leaf, or a lettuce leaf that you grew yourself. You will feel so proud of how delicious it tastes. And even if it doesn't always turn out right every time, that's okay, that's the way life is, it'll help all of us pay closer attention to when we eat out and when we buy produce anywhere else. So for inspiration or guidance on gardening, once again, please check out all the resources that we offer on ediblesandiego.com. But there's also a lot of other resources around our region. You can visit your neighborhood nursery or ask a friend or a neighbor or Chef Alin or Stephanie Norton, all kinds of people here in San Diego County. I think you'll be amazed at how gardening even just a little sheds a whole new light on our health on what we feel is within our control in terms of daily actions. And best of all, we can connect with culture and history and nature in new ways. As you can see, I get all excited when I talk about this at all. But anyway, this is my invitation, and I would love to learn more about your gardening adventures on social media. So for today, that's it. I want to thank Specialty Produce for producing this podcast for Edible San Diego and to invite all of you out there to check out our resources online at ediblesandiego.com on all the social media platforms. We have a monthly newsletter, a quarterly magazine next year, and quarterly events where we hope to see you. So for now, thank you and see you later. <music>